WBNE. Howdy, yokelings! Before we get started today, we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by our patrons. Whoa, that sounds cool! We want to build this thing to be as big as it can possibly be. And How we want big to make, is that? We are like so big. Like that, we even want to make more podcasts. Like a hundred? You? A hundred like is big. Like a hundred podcasts for you. And we can't. We can't do it alone. If you enjoy this episode and want more Bacon and Eggs, head over to our Patreon page at Patreon.com/slash Bacon and eggs must be 18 or older yeah. or have your parents permission okay and check out our new ten dollar tier which grants you access to not only our bonus show the hash browns but you also get unedited episodes of bacon and eggs with swear like, words with swear words and everything We're, but i don't know maybe there will be some this time maybe not but you also get like those little like behind the scenes moments and you don't get the silence cut out so if you just want to hear like an awkward conversation you get all of it you get the whole thing that's that sounds like dinner. It's just like <laughs> dinner. It's just like dinner. And we could really use your help to make this podcast the best it can possibly be. So thank you so much to donate for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Always ask your parents' permission before going online. I spent my parents' money on Fortnite dances, so they won't let me do that anymore. This is cheaper than Fortnite dances. Oh, uh, mom, it's cheaper than Fortnite dances. <laughs> I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today we're fighting our, all our old bad guys. Or maybe it's just an angry guy in a mask. So eat your weight in cotton candy. And roll the history. <laughs> because today we're bringing you Squidoo 2 Monsters Unleashed. I didn't do the arts. Ruby do. Ruby do. Brew. Monsters unleashed. <laughs> and not only are we talking about Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed, but this week we are joined by none other than the ever hilarious world leader Scooby Doo scholar Scott Nicewander, who just put out an amazing mini documentary. Is what we're calling it now. Sure. A docu documentary, documentary, documentary. That's documentary right. About Scooby and the gang. Scott, welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I hate this part. This is my least favorite. What's part new, of Scotty Do? Somebody. That's me, Scotty Do. That's what they call me. Uh, I, this is. I'm very excited to be talking about what I have uh, insisted on fooling people is my favorite movie of all time. Uh, so that I have seen it a lot, and I do genuinely love this movie. Um, but and I've seen it at least 30 times. Um, so I am quite an expert on the Monsters Unleashed and I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk to you about it as well. I have a lot of questions, but I do want to run down some stats real quick. Uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed was directed by Raja Gusnell and written by none other than Guards of the Galaxy director James Guards Gunn. of the Galaxy. That famous movie, Guards of the Galaxy. That's Guards right. of the Galaxy. That's right. They used to be adventurers like Star-Lord until they took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> now they're just uh, guards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was released on March 26, 2004, uh, 5,898 days ago on a $25 million budget or maybe $80 million budget. It's tough to say. Uh, it made $181.5 million worldwide, which is, I would I would say, a major success. A 22% critic rating and a 39% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 34 on Metacritic. Not common for the Metacritic to beat the Rotten Tomatoes, but it wasn't working with much on this one. So I get the um, budget statistics from Wikipedia, and literally if you 
go on the Wikipedia page for this movie, it says $25 million or $80 million. <laughs> not not like about or estimated, not or or between. Like so, this is the first time I've ever seen two solid numbers. And like if you Google the budget, it says $25 million, but but IMDB specifically says 80 million That's and wild. box office mojo is garbage now. So you can't find out anymore. We'll never know. We'll never know. We will, we will never know. I have a negative review from this movie by professional movie critic Richard Roper. And oh, man. Pulling out the big guns from on being this Richard, from, from the existence as Richard Roper. It just says Richard Roper, Ebert, and Roper. Not even a publication. Uh, and he says, it's a terrible movie. The laughs aren't there. The stunts are stupid. There's no plot whatsoever. Which is harsh. That's also not true. There is a plot. There is like, definitely a plot. a plot. It can be hard to follow. I disagree. But you just gotta look for those clues. That's what it's all about. To follow Did the plot. You, okay. So uh, also, can I just speak to the Rotten Tomatoes reviews for this for two seconds? Yeah. If you go to, I'm gonna drop the link in Skype. If you go to the Rotten Tomatoes reviews for this movie, mm -hmm. like a lot of them just say "quote not available," like they've been hiding reviews or something for Scooby Doo <laughs> Two Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> Scott, I've got to ask you a quick question before I get to the negative review. Yeah, you do I the don't positive know if you review. Notice. I mean the positive review. That's I, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. know if you noticed. This movie is called Scooby Two Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Yeah, and there is a dog in it. Wow, yeah. that just okay, cool. Just got that. I'm 27 years old, and I just got that. Yeah, so neat. it's like in a dog all leash. Of, that's pretty right. Good. It's in, like a dog joke. Of, yeah, turns out. But but in all of Scooby Doo, uh, what's the opposite of not opposite of? But what's the video version of literature? Uh, you could look, maybe you could just say like all of his, all of the canon literature. All of the Scooby Doo, Scooby -Doo canon. canon has Scooby Doo ever been on a leash? I think I you know there's gotta be something out there where he has, but it's always like because I'm like flashing back to like there are some dog catcher ghosts and like a pup named Scooby Doo or even just like regular dog catchers who probably want him on a leash, but I'm pretty sure he's very anti leash. Yeah, for sure. There have definitely been. I can like visualize what you're talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, he's never on because like he wouldn't have those wacky antics if he was like leashed down to like have to be next to Shaggy all the time. And that's the right. thing is he's like got to be unleashed. It he's says as much about Shaggy as it does about Scooby, like because he's Shaggy's dog, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he's he's not Shaggy's dog. He's Shaggy's friend more than his dog yes, but a friend who that shaggy will like put a collar on and be like but technically you're mine like legally you're mine but like yeah we're just but right i think mm -hmm. the collar is a branding thing tbh yeah probably so on, on march 26 2004 i do have a quick positive review from christina talcott at the washington post who i've never read before uh she says the monsters are the highlight of the film and if history is any guide there will be more ghosts and evildoers for our wholesome heroes to battle in scooby 2 3 <laughs> <laughs> so so that that's fun. I would like to talk about something real quick. Yeah, yeah, please. I've never seen this movie before. Mm. I had neither. I would have bet all of the money in my bank account that the sequel was the one where they went to the island. And Scrappy-Doo's the villain? <laughs> like, no, because that's the first one. But that is the most the that is the most sequel thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. so oh, no, it so starts... You're so, sorry, you're, so you're saying... You wit you wanted the the first movie with like the with Scrappy and the and the no I just would have I, I thought that was in my mind that is Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed thank because you for saying that because I this has been my tirade for ages about how I think they were released in the wrong order a hundred percent yeah yeah for 
for sure. Because like the first movie is like it starts with them I mean, um, solving a mystery yeah. and then breaking up as a gang. But it's like we I want to know them as a gang first before they break up a little and, bit. And I get where they're doing. It's a very like it's it's a very Spider-Man homecoming way to come to the story mm-hmm. where like they're just assuming a certain level of introduction yeah. to one of the one of the dozens of Scooby-Doo cartoons that have happened before. Mm-hmm. And I get that. A, a lot of the, the Batman movies are the same way. Sure. Um, but like literally it is Ghostbusters 2 beat for beat. It's like it starts with them solving a mystery and everybody's happy, but they're not happy. And they go mm-hmm. break up and like Fred becomes a writer and Velma yes. opens a bookstore or something like that. And Shaggy, I think, works at the airport, if I remember correctly. It's been over a decade since I've seen this movie, but... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, and man, then they it's... meet back up randomly on a, like, Caribbean island to solve Scrappy-Doo the crime. Mm-hmm. That's that is true. This, that is a sequel. It is, the, it like, is the sequel to a non-existent movie. Because that's the thing, too, is, like, why would you... Scrappy should have been saved as as a sequel thing. Because, like, it seems so weird to, like, it, have him be in the first one of them. Right. When it's, you don't even have... You have the other characters firmly established quite yet to be like... And is, then also this Easter egg. Right. This is what comic book villains Scrappy. know. It's like, I don't want to praise Venom by any means, but at the end of Venom, they set up the Carnage movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have it imme- Yeah. I... I'm glad you said this. I've been on this rant for years. People know my stance on this and I firmly agree with you. Like I was sitting there going, man, I don't remember this at all. I'm w- when do we get to the island? Because and I looked at it and I was like, that's the first one? Yeah. What? Because this movie also does a really good job, I think, of pulling from these classic Scooby-Doo villains in uh in 2d form and bringing them into like a 3d world and then and they're just so fun and it is a fun way to kind of be like you know here's the classic stuff brought in a new kind of spin yeah twist well and that was a question i had for you scott because i'm not like i obviously know scooby and the gang and i know about scrappy doo and 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 some basic scooby-doo lore but when they're walking around the museum and they're like oh this villain this villain this villain are those like major beats and like on the nose easter eggs or are those all fabricated for this film no they're all from the they're all from the cartoons i think the only one is i I believe the movie refers to the little skeleton creatures as like skelly men or something but i think they have a different name in the cartoon i think they are in a very random scooby-doo cartoon but they put they made them like so prominent in this movie for I guess CGI comedy reasons, uh, but everything, everything, uh, all the 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 ten thousand volt ghost, the pterodactyl ghost, the black knight ghost, all of those are classic Scooby Doo. The black knight ghost is the very first mystery they solve. Anything, I think they even say that in the in the movie too. Old man Wickles uh, is the very first. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, he's the, like, the originator of the, like, I would have gotten away with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's he's not even called Old Man Wickles in the cartoon. He's just called, like, Mr. Wickles, but obviously this takes place many years after after those yeah. first mysteries. So that was also an interesting touch, I feel. I do yeah. feel like so, it was, it was it could have been done better, though. Like, I, there was sort of part of me that was like, why is Peter Boyle in this movie? Yeah. Like, I get that he's a red herring, but we hadn't sort of enough of those. Yes. You had Seth Green, the like grown up red herring character. Like yeah. man with red hair. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. He should have yeah. been red herring. That would have been well, he was. Exactly. So I mean, good. he wasn't mm. his name, but like he was 100%. Like he's there mm. to be creepy and be weird and like kind of creep on Velma a little bit and like make her think that he's the bad guy when obviously it's Alicia Silverstone. The whole time. Like, yeah, but like, there's still a lot of like weird okay. loose ends. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, hold on. Yeah, it is not. I mean, like mm. they definitely set you up for Alicia Silverstone, but I definitely was like, maybe it's Seth Green, maybe it is Peter Boyle, maybe it's the reporter. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, it's the reporter. But I think that if you are twelve, this is mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. a decent mystery. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I like about this movie more so than the first one is because it does feel like a better mystery than like, oh, it's it's a uh, animatronic controlled by Scrappy Doo. I like that. Who this hasn't is... been introduced at all? Yeah. Yeah, he had like one kind of side um, scene as like a flashback, but like no, no stronger motivation than right. that. Whereas right. the everything about this felt like a good, and they even did like the classic Scooby-Doo, like double unmask of like the first mask gone and then, oh no, it's not this person. It's a person under this other mask sort of thing, which is very fun to me. I do think it's, it, it's very fun to imagine Tim Blake Nelson wearing an Alicia Silverstone mask. Yeah. I do. I every day. That's what I think about. I I think about that constantly. Alicia Silverstone was my first ever like celebrity crush when I was a child. Re- Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, from Clueless. Did you not see Attack of the Clones? I did. Okay, cool. So yeah, Alicia Silverstone's great in. <laughs> yeah, I saw Alicia Silverstone in Attack of the Clones. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> she was one of the droids. She was that's a fantastic. Right. She made a fantastic battle droid. That was her <laughs> saying Roger Roger the whole time. <laughs> Nat- Natalie Portman was your first no, I saw childhood crush. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think this is true. I don't think I've ever seen Clueless. This is very early in the episode to bring this up, but I I think it is important to talk about something when it comes to Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. Yeah, thank you for saying the full title. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, SC Two Mu just it, it flows better than you'd think, but yeah. I. <laughs> It just doesn't feel right. Um, I actually want to take a look at our big board of films 2020, or year three, I guess, is technically what it is since it started in October of 19. Mm-hmm. We're, do- we're doing the big board first? I, I think it is important. Apparently, it's to- so important. To point out that this movie is not entirely unwatchable, and the campy style of it fits the clearly cartoon to live action. Like, they were definitely trying to make a live action movie that looked like a cartoon. Oh, yeah. Yes. It is, it is larger and thing. louder than life at all times. Mm-hmm. People and don't it, dress like that. Like nobody would wear. No five people would wear that amount of monochrome, right? On purpose. And, like, and, and it, it hits the beats it needs to hit, which is why I think it's important to note that this film is significantly better than Hocus Pocus. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah, there was no way I was going to put this on the bottom of the list. Now it is. It is probably going to go second to bottom, <laughs> but. <sighs> But I, I really. But that is not that, that is not an attack on this movie. I, I did this. This is m- in, infinitely more enjoyable than mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I, you feel about Hocus Pocus, Scott. But it is. I actually really love Hocus Pocus, so I do feel you attacked really? currently. I, I thought I remembered that from when I brought up Thackeray Binks <laughs> on mm-hmm. to the party, and we, Jordan we named corrected two of me. Our- yeah, we named two of our cats, uh, one Thackeray and one Binks, because they were siblings. I did not know that. Yeah. Our whole family I am, likes it. I am like the opposite of a Hocus Pocus apologist. Same. I'm like a Hocus Pocus sucks, I don't get the hypest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I, I did actually uh, genuinely prefer this to Venom as well. Oh, Venom was bad. Venom was bad. <laughs> I will say, to kind of go back to that whole, like, you know, it, it feels like a like a live action kind of cartoon. I That's another reason why I appreciate this one more than the first movie. Um, uh, is because there are a lot more like cartoon physics in this one. Like I love the bit where they ring the doorbell and the trap door opens and it takes a second for everyone to fall individually. Yes. Like, that's yeah. just so classic that. cartoon. And it's so good. I thought that was excellent as well. I did think uh, when they get to the bottom and there's like the 
the Mormons and mm-hmm. the little girl. When when the little girl first showed up on screen, I was like, oh, this is a genuine horror movie now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I I was like so immediately scared of that little girl. I was like, she's gonna she's gonna start bleeding from her eyes and eat them alive on camera. Oh, no. It's exactly what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But oh, how that, that would have been the... wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that was like one of the best jokes of the movie. That still makes me laugh. Is like the Girl Scout being like, "Do you want to buy cookies?" And then the Mormons being like, "Have you heard the good news?" Yeah, there's cookies. <laughs> yeah, excellent. That that whole scene was excellently timed, just like mm-hmm. proper comedy. <laughs> so um, good. I actually, and when it comes to, th- there is an issue in this film. I don't like Freddie Prince Jr. at all as Fred. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I like Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, Linda Cardellini. And of course, Matthew Lillard is Shaggy. Of course. Is, yeah. Is, oh, it's iconic. Is like a, yeah. yeah. It's a masterwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and Neil Fanning, I'm guessing he's like always Scooby-Doo. Was that new for no. this? or No, 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 no. He Is that who voices Scooby? I actually didn't know that. Yes. It's Neil Fanning. And his, his image on IMDb or on Rotten Tomatoes is Velma and Scooby-Doo from this movie. Interesting. He looks like he would have um, been an extra in lost <laughs> his other credit actually extra in lost no <laughs> no no uh the 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 original scooby voice actor was don messick and currently it's been um frank welker uh for the past couple decades who was also the original and continuing voice of fred yeah he's the only I was gonna say yeah he's the only remaining original cast member of scooby-doo left and he took over the role of of scooby as well that's interesting i didn't i see i because i knew that they weren't frank welker in the movies but i didn't know who they were well neil fanning the only thing he has ever done is scooby-doo scooby-doo 2 and a movie called chameleon yeah it looks like he he got it lucky he looked into that that's so interesting yeah Um, i mean that's that's voice acting for you though is like sometimes you just got to find the guy that's right yeah and he just probably he probably happened into it they were like he was doing an impression for somebody and they were like hang on that was too good one second one second say that again but with more r's so just more r's i thought scooby was great i thought neil fanning did just fine um i really really did not like freddie prince jr he looks 60 in this movie (laughs) see i can't stand sarah michelle geller i didn't like her in the first one i don't like her in this one she's the she's the issue for me linda cartellini is a perfect velma i think she's great yeah i think i think the issue is a a big issue is most interpretations of scooby-doo don't know what to do with Daphne um and like that infuriates me because in my head it's very simple what you do with Daphne uh, you do exactly what they did in zom- the Zombie Island movie, which is you just make her a braver version of Shaggy and Scooby, who does believe in monsters, but actually wants to, like, fight and capture them, whereas Fred and Velma are the more rational, like, there's no such thing as ghosts, it's always a person in a mask, and then Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne are always like, no, but there is, there are monsters, it's just that Shaggy and Scooby run away, and Velma, or Daphne runs towards them. That's what I think they should do with the character, but I feel like they just, so many interpretations don't know what to do with Daphne. So they she, yeah, she could have very I, I easily like just not fear, been in this movie. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I completely disagree. I think that was actually one of my big issues and the point I wanted to get to was uh, Alicia Silverstone is like, what do you even do for Mystery Inc.? But like, that was like two scenes after Daphne had like a worthwhile yes. bow staff encounter with the Black Knight ghost. It's like, that- 
What do you mean, what do you do? (laughs) That is one of the most baffling, like, monologues of the movie because so far she, like, Daphne has done so much to, like, help progress the story, uh, including, yeah, exactly that, have the fight with the monsters. Uh, She got them out of that, um, the little ball prison thing in the mansion by MacGyvering her way out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, It's like she's, she's, like, indispensable as a tool. Fred has done nothing. Oh, for sure. He drives them. Fred you know, is like worthless. Yeah. Fred is a worthless person. The only time he... This is one of the best redemptions I've ever seen for him is in this movie where he is like, no, you guys t- run, go away. I'll take care of this guy. And does the like, motorcycle joust. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Oh, boy. And yeah. Bon Jovi starts playing and <laughs> yeah. the motorcycle shows up. Incredible. That- I clapped sitting here in my <laughs> office. I was like, yes. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Freddie Prince yes. Jr. for Ghost Rider remake. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, cast Freddie Prince Jr. in nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him. I think he's, I think he's a great Fred. I really do. Ugh. I think, I don't know. Like, I like, I almost liked him more in the first movie where he was like this very like macho pretty boy who was quite, quite silly. And I guess he kind of follows the suit in here too, but he just feels like more, more worthless in this movie. Like he doesn't quite do as much as the first one. I don't, I would need to look at like a, some images from the first film but he looks like from my memory Fred is kind of like more of a jock and he's got like muscles and he's handsome I didn't get that vibe from the way Freddie Prince Jr. looked in this film well you're not I mean Fred's drawn pretty freaking closely to like Johnny Bravo in the original cartoons like he's he's very like triangular (laughs) Mm -hmm. people just don't look like that but you had to that was the thing is you had so few people that could have played Fred when you did the original Scooby-Doo movie and there was a man named Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, because yeah. like you needed like <laughs> you needed a guy that wasn't he couldn't because you couldn't have gotten like yeah. an action star. You couldn't have gotten Brad Pitt. You couldn't get an actor who was willing to change their name. So it was like, <laughs> who do we have? Fred. Freddie Prince Jr. But like you, you could have gotten Freddie Prince Jr. You could have gotten like James Vanderbeek. But like there were yeah. not that many people that could have stepped yeah. out of some random teen comedy into this role. Yeah. Chris Evans could have done it. He could have. Was Imagine he an actor that then? Universe. In 2002? Yeah, he was in Fantastic Four. In 2002? It was around then. Jesus. I think so. But that's the other thing too is. Uh, it would have been like, weird if Fred was James Van Der Beek. 2005 was fantastic. Let's make it very clear. That would not have been good. But like, so Fred and Daphne kind of had their moment in in Zombie Island. This is a much (laughs) more shaggy especially and 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 a Velma movie. Yeah, yeah. Like they are they're very it's very much a like Velma has to kind of get over her um kind of like self-esteem issues right. of like not thinking that she's pretty enough, which is like so weird when you cast Linda Cardellini in that role who is um, so pretty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But but then of course I mean you get that incredible sequence of the 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 fart making the fart noise making jump suit. So that's good stuff. They, I just want to <laughs> Say as well, the Scooby-Doo cartoons have never been about fart humor, but both of the live action movies have had fart humor. And I'm like, that's never what it's been about. Yeah, it was the early 2000s. That is literally it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, these were made in a post-Billy Madison kids movie era. Mm, Farts are funny. You know, James Gunn is always known for his fart humor as well. I'm trying to think, actually. Kick-Ass must have fart humor. It's gotta have some farts. Guardians of the Galaxy, there's gotta be at least one fart in Guardians of the Galaxy. 
at least. I mean, it's just so easy though, because like it will make, cause like you talked about this in your, I guess we should, we should allude to why we have Scott on to do the sequel of a Scooby-Doo <laughs> movie randomly out of the blue in May of 2020 instead yeah. of the movie that just came out. Yeah. Oh, cause the movie that just came out would require our listeners to oh, spend yeah. $17. That's the, that's the first that's thing, which, which by the way, they put that on sale within six hours of it coming out, which I thought was hilarious. <sighs> like it was originally like, uh, I think like 20 Two or twenty-five dollars. It was twenty-five dollars to buy for sure, because I know, because I spent that money. I believe there it was. I believe it was a full twenty to rent it as well. Yeah, Just yeah, so yeah. you know, Scott, I would be upset if you didn't buy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I bought. Um, I bought it, and it was underwhelming. Let's say that's my review of Scoop. I liked it. I didn't love it. It's no Monsters Unleashed. That's but for like, sure. What was I? I completely lost my... Oh yeah, so Scott just did a huge video, like we said, about mm-hmm. just the general Scooby-Doo sort of lore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... I mean, it was originally a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, so it was sort of more highbrow than, not highbrow, but like it it, it asked more of its viewers than a lot of things did in that day and age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the the original concept of the cartoon was uh, much more intensely frightening than they were planning on or that, that they ended up going with. Uh, the idea was they just wanted to do like a horror mystery kind of show for kids, um, and it wasn't really going to be about Scooby-Doo originally. It was just about the kids and then the dog was a side character and then they realized that it was, all the monsters were too scary which even now a lot of the monsters especially their designs are still quite scary um and so it is just one of those things where they had to go back to the drawing board make it more comedic and uh, put Scooby-Doo on the front lines and just say like, hey, now the show is about this dog, which is also quite fun um, because Monsters Unleashed has a scene where Scooby and Shaggy are singing Strangers in the Night by Frank Sinatra, which is where the, the name song. Came from. The, it's, it's the song where the name Scooby-Doo came from because Frank Sinatra goes on a little riff at the end, a little scat line. says like, Zooby-Dooby-Doo. That's where it came from. So it's a little nice homage there. I don't know. I feel like I kind of derailed what you were trying to say, Ethan. I don't know where, 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 I, where I was going with that. All I was going to say is like, So this movie obviously pulls from the entire canon of Scooby-Doo cartoons, which did definitely get more child-friendly as they went on, Mm -hmm. especially with a pup named Scooby-Doo and whenever they actually introduced uh, Scrappy as a character. Mm -hmm. And so you had this movie that was, this is really a movie that was supposed to have been made in 1994 that came out in 2004. Like this is a 90s movie, 100%. Oh yeah. I think we're giving the early 2000s too much credit. No, but like anytime, (laughs) so I, I guess it might just be Freddie Prince Jr. in the the costume that just makes me think of like if you told me the movie was made in 1989 I would believe you except for the CGI mm-hmm. which yeah. isn't isn't phenomenal by any means but is better than Ghostbusters yeah I mean I for one I'm glad that they tried to do most of the monsters as practical yeah um, costumes because if they tried to do everything they like they did the Skelly Men as, as CGI they did the Tar Monster as uh, the Tar CGI. Monster is horrendous it's scary and it, it's it's like actually I mean like it's rendered poorly but it is. A very, like, it's obviously the most powerful of all of the monsters. Oh, yeah. If you were seven watching with the lights yeah. off, it would get yeah. you for sure. I am yeah. 27 in the, watching it at 10 o'clock in the morning. It did not the get one, me, but. The C, the one CGI monster that I think act, like still holds up is the 10,000 volt ghosts. Facts. Like, yeah, I would agree. So good. And like the voice that goes along with it is like genuinely. I think that's the same, the voice actor who does Starscream because it certainly sounds like Starscream <laughs> from Transformers. Much more so than, uh, than Minor 49er. I I thought he held up. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, again, man, that, that yeah. dude gets killed by a fart. Sure does. You're exactly right. 
Yep, because he breathes the fire and then yeah, uh, yep. and that like that so that's that was really where I was trying to to get to with that point was I truly mm-hmm. think the fart jokes were just straight up a a sign of the times. Yeah, you're probably like right. if you're trying to make a movie for kids in 2004 and 2002, you gotta have a couple fart jokes. It's like you know, it's like when they when like a PG-13 movie says like you have this limit on the the amount of profanity that you can use. Like uh, any kind of like kids movie is like you have to we can't. Yeah, there's let a you minimum a fart movie. quotient. Yeah, you have to hit the fart quotient because we won't let you <laughs> which is wild let it go because like, I don't think Olaf farts no Olaf definitely does not fart that's true does Sven fart mm-hmm. wait there is there is at least one fart joke in Frozen I'm sure of it there's, in, there's one song line where, no, 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 where you know, Anna it's, says it's, she's a little bit gassy or something like that that's true and then, and then uh, reindeers are better than people they talk about how bad reindeer and Sven smell or not yes. Sven oh, Christoph. Uh, Christoph. Christoph. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah although that being said I did again I had this complaint where not complaint but like this this thing about Frozen 2 where that scene where Olaf does the recap is not mm. made for children because they just yeah. the kids in the audience laughed straight through it and didn't even hear what he was saying so I don't kids kids movies I think has have definitely especially in the Disney spare have have increased in uh it, it's gone the other direction back back in the up direction since mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed where yeah that was the cultural turning point for there's sure a, there's a low barrier for entry in this movie as far mm-hmm. as humor goes there's a very high barrier of Scooby-Doo entry for this movie <laughs> sure is isn't there like for a sequel that has absolutely nothing to do with the original movie that's made after this mm-hmm. is like you have to have cared about scooby-doo to care about this movie mm-hmm. yeah that's the other weird thing is like there's no continuing plot line from any of the no from either of them no so like if you watch monsters unleashed and then you watch scooby-doo 2002 mm-hmm. it views like this is the first story because they go on this adventure and they have their time and then they Break like in this one, it looks like they're like living mystery ink, and they're at the peak of their Scooby Doodum. And then mm-hmm. at the beginning of Scooby Doo, they're like, well, you know, after all of our adventures, we decided to kind of go our separate ways. Like it just strikes me as weird because in this one they have the clubhouse, where like the super nice clubhouse with the logos and everything, and like the Mission Impossible logo yeah. and all that stuff. And then in the next, and then, like in this movie, they go back to their like treehouse setup. So to me, it's like there was a clear continuation from like you had the treehouse, and then you you had like some sort of middle ground. And then you bought this, you know, Mystery Ink Manor. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to see the movie where they're in the treehouse. Yeah. A, pre, a proper. This is the movie in the treehouse. But I want a pup named Scooby-Doo movie. That's I think what that's I what I Scoob was supposed to be. <sighs> but they don't spend that much time as kids. Spoilers. They don't spend that much time as kids. No, but it's like a Scooby and Shaggy origin story, right? Like, isn't that? Yeah, but we keep, I don't know. We've had so many Scooby-Doo origin stories. Because after Monsters Unleashed, they but did not direct. On film, though. Right, but we we've done after Monsters Unleashed. There was the made-for-TV movies that were live-action as well uh, that were supposed to be. Oh, I didn't to know these. those existed. Yeah, and then and then so the technical third movie in this canon is a made-for-TV movie called The Mystery Begins, which is like a live-action origin story of the. Is it the same well. cast? No, no, they couldn't get the same cast yeah. for TV. Uh, they probably could have got Freddie Prinze Jr. Um, I was gonna say but, that's all he's ever done is TV. Yeah. Getting ready to be in Rebels. Yeah, Between no. 10 they years later. <laughs> they went back to they. It was like an origin, so they were like in high school. They were, they actually cast the the mystery solving teens as teens, which was nice. But alas, I did not know that there was there was more live action Scooby Doo to be had. That yeah, I didn't either. But I, either way, I don't necessarily know that I'm going to count. Like I get I get why they're doing one. I get why Scoob happened because I yeah. don't think you can count 
direct-to-video and TV. It's just a different, it's a different medium. This is the issue I had with Star Wars for a long time. I still kind of have with Star Wars. Yeah. Um, is the amount of things that are in the canon, like different, yeah, yeah. different properties. Like I, you can't, if the MCU expected you, it's enough that they expect you to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If they were like, read every comic book ever. And that's all canon. Yeah. This is this is actually Peter Parker. It's like the 400th Spider-Man. Congratulations. Yeah. You missed oh. a bunch. <sighs> yeah. I, I'm right there with you. So that, and sure. that was the issue but I had with Scott, Star Wars. No, an MCU that asked you to read every comic ever would, would appease you specifically. <laughs> it would not appease me. It, 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 maybe Have you a couple seen years. Scott's office? It's all Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man. Uh, Superman comics. Specifically Jimmy Olsen comics. It's just Jimmy Olsen. I just collect Jimmy Olsen comics. Jimmy's great. I love me some Jimmy's. Uh, no, I, I mean, like, m- maybe a couple years ago for my channel, it would have been, like, very nice job security to explain everything to people. But I right. think... I think currently where I'm at, I don't have time to read every single comic book ever made. That's too much. I barely have time to watch all the Scooby-Doo ever made. Barely. I made very, I've made a ton of time for this movie though. Like just so much time for this. Movie, yeah. So what is your story with this movie? Cause Tyler was telling me a little bit of, of stuff that I did not know about you vis-a-vis Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, I just, I just really liked this movie growing up. I always knew that it was the better of the two live action ones in my opinion. Uh, well, no, it's not an opinion. It's a fact because I, I knew it. So it has to be a fact. Um, and so a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, uh, just for fun, I had tweeted as a joke that I was going to watch this movie every day and record a podcast every day for a month, for the month of October, uh, which is, you know, one of the longest months. It's on the longer side. Yeah. 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 Barely, but it's there. And uh, so that's what I did in 2018. And so uh, October of 2018, I recorded a podcast called uh, Month of Monsters, which is just me watching this movie every day for 31 days. I didn't make it to 31 because I had a rule that I didn't want to finish without getting someone who worked on the movie to be on the podcast. And I, I, I lined up like so many things that just kind of fell through. So then I think I only made it to like day 29 or something like that. And I quit. Like a quitter. But But this is the 30th episode. Technically, (laughs) that's right. Where's Matthew Lillard? Did you get him? He's Matt, come on in. Come on out. (laughs) I mean, just an iconic performance. making a really avant-garde TV show right now. (laughs) Is that true? I didn't know that. He's in uh, Good Girls which is like uh it's like a tv show we thought we talked about it on this a few times but emily watches it he plays the husband of the like lead bad girl Ooh. and uh he's very good he's <sighs> a very good actor i like him so i like him a lot scoob has to be the reason for this but in the past month and some change on twitter i have seen so many matthew lillard and linda cardinelli appreciation posts mm-hmm. both citing their roles in these movies as well as everything else they've been in, like freaks and geeks and whatever else matthew lillard did there's a mm-hmm. bunch of of pictures of Matthew Lillard from early 2000s and late oh, 90s movies that yeah. I don't recognize but so I mean I don't I don't know if you guys know the the drama but like when they cast for the movie Scoob they didn't ask any of the voice actors who currently voiced them in the cartoons to do to even like try you know what I mean like they 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 knew for the Scoob movie that they wanted like a completely new cast but they didn't tell the cast that's been doing it for for a very very long time yeah because it's like um, on TV still right they, they there's there's all always been like an incarnation yeah. going um even I did if not know that that matthew lillard voiced shaggy cartoon yes and it's because of uh because of these movies uh casey Kasem still did it until he died and then uh 
uh, Matthew Lillard stepped in and he has been the voice of Shaggy in all of the cartoons ever since. I learned that this minute, to tell you yeah. the truth. And it's amazing. And so he is very, very sour that they didn't even consider asking him or any of the other cast um, who's been voicing it for ages to even try for the Scoob movie. So he, he and a couple other people have been making kind of passive aggressive <laughs> tweets about it as well, or just actually aggressive tweets about it. <laughs> but I, I think that has helped to to spur a lot of the compliments and, and tweets of appreciation for a couple of these. Because even Linda Cardellini never, I don't think she ever voiced um, Velma in any of the cartoons, but she did come back for another Scooby-Doo cartoon called Mystery Incorporated, where she played a side character named Hot Dog Water. Um, and, and, uh, uh, which is genuinely a very great character, uh, but it is also just very funny to see her that character interact with Velma and not, you know. Okay, so like, I'm looking like at Velmas. the I'm looking at the cast for Scoob for yeah. the first time, uh, which this is a this is a fantastic cast. I do just want to say this. No, it's a great cast. I would give a lot of money to see Zac Efron as in live action as Fred. Oh, 100%. Yes, Zac Efron would make a perfect Fred. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A little short. Just a little short. Very good. Yeah, I don't... I, see, yeah. I want to go all the way in the other direction and get, like, ultra avant-garde actors to do... Like, I want the people that are in... Uh, Little Women to do Scooby-Doo. So like Emma Watson is Daphne okay. and, and Timothy Chalamet is... Daphne is Amanda Seyfried in this movie. That's right. In Scoob, yeah. It's Amanda Timothy Seyfried Chalamet and Will Forte, is, which is, I do is, think is, is also a great call. Yeah. But like Matthew Lillard just is is like... He did such a good job with that character in this. And you're living up to somebody yeah. that's iconic like Casey Kasem. I mean... I mean, and and that's... I mean, I appreciate the amount of effort that he put because he was, he was talking about this at the time when he... During the first uh, Scooby-Doo movie that he was in um just that he would listen he would take episodes of the original cartoon and only like just keep in the parts with shaggy and no one else talking and like just listen to that for like hours before being on set just trying to get into that voice and that character and like it's so and it's good he like he really which is crazy embodies that role because but he nails it but it's so different yeah, yeah. Like he gets the kind of like he gets the kind of mannerisms and the kind of like waviness of the of the voice a little bit. Right. But he like for sure makes it his own role. Like he's not just trying to emulate Casey Kasem and just trying mm-hmm. to do an impression. He is like I don't know. It's it's, it's I don't. It's crazy. It is yeah. it is the one truly shiny moment about these movies because like I mean Fred's just kind of like a guy yeah. for sure, and and mm-hmm. so is so is Daphne. Um, but Shaggy's really the the the. I mean obviously Scooby's the crux of the movie, but as far as the humans go, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I mean I don't and, think I don't think Scooby Doo is necessarily a hard thing to nail like it's kind of baked into the character yeah like if you can do the voice you can do it yeah yeah well you say that but the the scoob the new scoob movie I, I, there's been a lot of i say there's been a lot i just i just there's hang around a tweet from scott nice there, there's been i just <laughs> hang around scooby circles so there's not really been a lot but there's been stuff for me to notice they they just make they just make scooby talk too much in the movie and scooby-doo should be more like a reactionary kind of like he's a dog he doesn't yeah speak i've in heard full i've heard that from not just you actually yeah that, that mm-hmm. like Scooby-Doo talks a lot and he talks like too clearly. Too clearly and in full long sentences, which is never like a thing that's Right. It's does. not even like there's precedent for it. Like it's not Professor Hulk. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something weird. Yeah. Just keep doing. I don't know why. And, and a lot of people found Professor Hulk jarring. That's true. Oh. I started seeing it as the cure, man. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved Baby Hulk in uh, it's all Ragnarok. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, this movie. So I want to know, Scott, what did live action Scooby-Doo do to the franchise? Did this, I mean, pump life into what was a dying franchise? Or Because to me, when these came out, even from my like young man perspective, I knew that my dad's favorite cartoon growing up was Scooby-Doo. Mm. So yeah. it, like in my mind, this was like, a oh, sometimes they make live action movie versions of like beloved cartoons. Like I guess I was thinking Power Rangers, but I guess that's always been live action. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I was young. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is actually another franchise I want to talk about in this context. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Like what? What did this live action film do to the Scooby Doo franchise as a whole? I mean, did this? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't don't quote me on this, but I know as soon as I say that, people are going to do that. Um. But <laughs> so Scooby Doo had been it had kind of been dying out a little bit in the early '90s, late '90s sort of a thing. Um. Just because it had been on for so many for so many decades, and then there was kind of like a lull. Uh. And then in the '80s into early '90s, there was a pup named Scooby Doo, which tried to like totally reinvent uh the the teen sleuths as as young young kids uh and introduce like the con the the lore of like Coolsville and um you know this idea that they've all been friends for you know since childhood and then there was a slew of but but that show was always like all of the monsters are always people in masks it's like the same thing as the original show but then there was a, a handful of um <clears throat> of animated movies in the 90s in the mid 90s late 90s era of uh things like zombie island and alien invaders and um uh cyber chase i think was 2000s and then there's one more which is ghost and so those with the exception of cyber chase those all were like no the monsters are real witches and ghosts and ghouls and zombies and, and demons all of these mystical elements are real um in scooby-doo they're not a person in a mask and so directly following those movies came these movies the live action ones where again we get this idea of the monsters are real um and it's also important to note that between a pup named scooby-doo and just after the live action movies casey Kasem took a break from playing shaggy so he wasn't shaggy in any of he's been shaggy for everything even a pup named scooby-doo he, he played a younger shaggy um but during the 90s movies he was like i'm not gonna do it anymore for kind of complicated reasons um but then these movies the live action movies were like so we're gonna take from these 90s animated films the monsters are real but we're gonna try to reinvent things make it more modern and then the success of at least the first one helped launch the show what's new scooby-doo which is Going back to the roots of Mystery Incorporated and the monsters are people in masks, Casey Kasem bringing it back as Shaggy, reboot. It's almost like a soft reboot of the Scooby-Doo franchise because of the success of the, the first one of these movies where they were like, people like Scooby-Doo again. Let's give them some modern hip. You know, the kids love Simple Plan. Let's get Simple Plan to do the theme song of uh, What's New Scooby-Doo. Bring the Casey Kasem back to get the old timers who like the original show in. Uh, even again, we're keeping uh, Frank Welker in as Fred. We're getting as much of the original cast as we can. We're doing it. Let's hit it hard. And then What's New Scooby-Doo came out. Um, it was really good. Lasted three seasons. Pup Named Scooby-Doo, I think, is still the longest running show in terms of seasons, not episode length. But um, still, still was a massive success. What's New Scooby-Doo to help kind of revitalize the Scooby-Doo franchise. Was that two in the weeds? I feel no. like I just kind of monologued. For you just described my childhood. That's, yeah, okay. that's exactly what I wanted to hear. Okay, now, cool. So Scooby-Doo, in my mind... 
has it always been owned by like the same group of people or has it passed from it's studio to studio? Always been Hanna-Barbera. <laughs> it's always been Hanna-Barbera, but it has sort of changed, a complicated entity. It's, it has changed um, like networks that it's aired on. But yeah, it's always been Hanna-Barbera. Well, the, the reason I ask is because like growing up, obviously I watched Scooby-Doo because it was on TV and it was a cartoon. Uh, but also there was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I feel like from my childhood and things like Transformers, uh, which like from my childhood have had all these different iterations and there seems to me like no coherent canon and mm-hmm. when like when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles goes from Disney XD to Nickelodeon and I don't know where it's been so I don't know if those are the correct places but it seems to me like every time there's a reboot it's a completely new animation style a completely new mm-hmm. uh, showrunner uh, the only consistencies are like Donatello is the smart one and Leonardo is the leader and the yeah. other two crack jokes well and uh, so Scott correct me if I'm wrong here but like Hanna-Barbera is the like creator and producer of the show and it has been like especially in syndication the reruns were sold to a lot of places yeah the the reruns for sure were i believe even again don't quote me on this but i believe even so the original cartoon the original series scooby-doo where are you only lasted two seasons um because the cbs which originally aired it was like you know they let the license expire and then one of the the executive producer fred silverman who also helped create the show came up with the name scooby-doo um he had left cbs to another network uh that i can't remember but basically just said like we need they're letting the license to scooby-doo drop i helped create this show they don't know what they have let's pick it up and create a brand new show and i think it was called the scooby-doo show um, yeah, it was just, that, I believe it was just Scooby-Doo and then the Scooby-Doo show. Yeah, yeah. And then and so it's just, there's just, um, and that's why there's so many like old Scooby-Doo shows, like completely different shows because Scooby-Doo Where Are You didn't last very long because the network was like, this isn't very good. People aren't watching it. And like, yes, they are. Yes, they are. You but like Scooby-Doo doing. Where Are You is the gospel canon of it. Like you, you think, you see the, 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 the gifs and the videos and the clips and the ideas. It's like, that's where it all came from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That and, and, um, um, even the the Scooby Doo show, yeah. which is which is almost identical to to what it to Scooby Doo. Where are you? Just on a different network. But like growing up, it was complicated because like Hanna Barbera created Boomerang, the TV channel. Mm-hmm. And that was something I had. And like they would also be on the WB before it was the CW as well as Cartoon Network. And like different shows had different syndications. So I remember being a kid and watching TV and I would go from like watching a pup named Scooby-Doo on wherever that was like airing or not airing, but like on and then go to like Boomerang and watch the old show and then back to like what's new Scooby-Doo on Cartoon yeah. Network or whatever. And Cartoon Network's always been kind of weird as to how they get their shows. Yeah. Um, but they did directly work with Hanna-Barbera for a long time. Like Dexter's Lab, I believe, was a Hanna-Barbera creation. Mm-hmm. And that was like a Cartoon Network show. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the show I watched growing up was Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah. That's the OG show. The yeah. OG. Where are you? Yeah. Okay, that's the original. Yeah. That's the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the theme song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I watched growing up. That was yeah. on Cartoon Network. Yeah, they played. T- I mean. Oh, Cartoon but- Network beat that to death when we were they kids. They played. They played so much Scooby-Doo because the the one that I always loved the most was a pup named Scooby-Doo. And that that was origi- that was airing new episodes pretty much before, like just before I was born or a little bit after I was born. Um, but like I just they kept airing it for years and years. Yeah, and years, it went and into immediate syndication and just yeah. like kept going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what I was saying is like they, they when I, I remember being young and watching it on four different channels mm-hmm. at a time. Everywhere. Everywhere. It was never, I don't think it was ever on Nickelodeon. Probably not. They sort of had their own. I can imagine Nick having their own version of Scoo. Yeah. Like I can even picture it in my head because they do, they used to just do like strict 2D stuff and now they do all sorts of weird stuff. Mm -hmm. I think. Well, they spent, they didn't really do, so Cartoon Network did, um, 
Like, you would watch a lot of Scooby-Doo during the middle of the day on Cartoon yes. Network, but Nickelodeon had Nick Jr. They were, like, busier. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that they was... Had, would, would, the, would, the, would the Nickelodeon version of Scooby-Doo be, like, Blue's Clues? Or, like, or Cat just Dog. Like, <laughs> just, like, a dog-solving mysteries. Just dog-solving mysteries. Oh, my God. Yeah. You might... I didn't even think about that. You're actually right. Yeah. Oh, man. Blueby Blue. That's Scooby that, Blue. That's oh, the dog's name. name. Her name. You're right. But yeah, Han- Hanna-Barbera made a lot of those classic cartoons that you think of when you think of like early but not Looney Tunes cartoons. Like they made the Flintstones. They made the Jetsons. Tom mm. and Jerry. Uh, Tom and Jerry was... Was Hanna-Barbera. Was it? Okay. Yeah. According to their Wikipedia, the first 1.1 on their history is success with Tom and Jerry, birth of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For those of you who need a little trivia and you have a hard time remembering Tom and Jerry, Tom is the cat because Tom and cat are both three letters. Mm-hmm. Jerry is the mouse because Jerry and mouse are five letters. There you go. The reason I mixed them Tom up is Jerry, because cat and mouse. Hanna-Barbera uh, and Looney Tunes, I believe, were both originally MGM mm. things before Looney Tunes became Warner Brothers. I'm going to take your word for that. I have no idea. But I was a big Looney quite, Tunes guy growing up. You sound quite confident. Anyway, so back to my original question. Yes. Uh, where do you stand on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Apparently is where I'm going with this. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I prepared for this. Um, <laughs> big fan of uh, the live action one where they go travel, time time travel. Love that one. Yeah. I, okay. I so I say that having not watched it since I was a kid, um, but I always have heard since that everyone says that's the worst one. Um, I don't know. I just remember I think liking I d- it. Scott, I'll be honest with you. I think they're all bad. You think they're all bad? I all think right. I think it's safe to assume they're all bad. You know, I was more of I was less of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan and more of a uh, Three Ninjas fan. Big well, fan. I was a big Three, three Ninjas big fan. Big. I didn't have a, fan. I didn't have brothers. Again, this yeah. is like sort of where that thing comes in. I didn't have brothers at all, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did not exist. Yeah, was a non-entity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wouldn't mm-hmm. like Three Ninjas either. It's about that, three brothers who are ninjas. That show. Yeah. No, it's not even that. It's just. Like I wasn't watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when the series ended in 1996, mm-hmm. right? And by the time I right. came around to like watching my own stuff, we had SpongeBob and stuff, and I watched endless Scooby Doo reruns. Mm. Still to this day, I think that the movie I've seen the most out of all movies is Scooby Doo meets the Boo Brothers. Yeah, we were talking about this a while back when I was yeah. telling you about my Scooby Doo video, where like Rob Paulson and two other people play ghost versions of the Three Stooges. It's wild. <gasps> I can't believe I didn't mention that even once in my video. It is it is still one of I watch it every now and then. It is it's absolute trash. I mean, it's garbage. Yeah. It's a TV animated Scooby Doo movie. It's like mm-hmm. it, it, they never quite got the the joie de vie from the show. Mm-hmm. But it's just I love it so much because it, it's it's like I grew up watching the Three Stooges. Uh, obviously, I'm weird, and um, my dad made me watch old stuff all the time. But mm-hmm. that is like the that was like peak of like physical comedy from when I was a kid. Even oh, though yeah. it, it, it all that stuff came out well way way. Way before I was born. Oh, sure. Even this animated Scooby Doo movie, I think, came out in 1987. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's like I, I had it on a recorded videotape that I wore out. <laughs> Incredible. It's between that and Jurassic Park. Mm. One of those is still very good. One of those is still very good. Holds up mm-hmm. extremely well. Yeah. Yes. The other one uh, it has Rob Paulson in it, and he's a treasure. Yeah. He plays one of the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never heard that raptor in the background just be like, I'm Wacko Warner. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man. Fact of the matter, mm-hmm. I'm really I'm I'm glad you had me watch this film because I had not seen it. And after watching your YouTube video celebrating everything Scooby-Doo, I was like I was so ready to, I was in like the perfect mindset to watch this utterly ridiculous, campy Scooby-Doo movie and be like, I really like this. Yeah. Is this that, is great. Is that how you walked away from it? I, it actually is. I finished it and I was like, that was pretty good. That, you know, the, it was like one of the, it was the time period where uh, this was one of those movies where at the very end they had the whole cast like dancing. And it was, like, oh yeah. Dancing. Yeah. And you gotta love that. You gotta and love Ruben that. Ruben Stuttered was on stage because sure he was. just won American Idol. What a time yeah. capsule. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's He's like still the, so famous. It's so reminiscent of the like Shrek Two bonus feature where they do right. like Far Far Away Idol. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, God, DVD bonus features. What yes. a time to be alive. Speaking of, this movie has a DVD bonus feature. I'm sure it does. It was where, a kids' movie made in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it probably has like a game that you can play. Probably, uh, but it's it, it's. I think it's. I don't know what it's called, but it's something along the lines of like the 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 mystery of Shaggy's missing pants or something like that. And the idea is Matthew Lillard is just walking around set talking about the movie and just being like, "Hey, have you seen? I was I've had this pair of pants in the dressing room and it's gone." And he just like talks to all the different actors and all the different like people on the who work on the movie about it. And it's not particularly notable other than the fact that it exists and it's quite uh quite a little fun thing that is also proof that Matthew Lillard was like I'll do anything just give me any kind of shaggy thing I'm there I will do shaggy whatever you need no they didn't ask him to be in Scoob they didn't ask him to be in Scoob how insulting did you know Ethan that Matthew Lillard is in one of my all-time favorite movies which movie he is in Without Limits he is one of the other runners on the Oregon track team and Mm. he has like three lines yeah the movie that you and your brothers have seen and no one else nobody else yeah that's the one (laughs) He does have a very lanky, slender kind of body type. He'd be a good one. I believe I believe he is sent to recruit Pre from his high school mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. shows up at Pre's house mm-hmm. and Steve Prefontaine is like, Oh, you guys want to run a quick easy ten miler? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. then they go for a ten mile run in the rain and Matthew Lillard trips and so does his buddy. Oh and they no. slip and fall. And he goes zoinks, and then yeah. (laughs) And then he goes zoinks, and they actually slip, and they just kind of float in midair for a second, and then they fall. There's like that bongo running sound effect, like. In this like in this really highbrow uh, drama film mm-hmm. about a, a deceased Olympian, there yeah, is this yeah. weird reminiscent <laughs> of Scooby Doo moment. He was like using it as his reel to be like, I just want to be Shaggy, guys. <laughs> Let me have this one. <laughs> and that's uh, that's on. Uh, what does that's on mean? I keep seeing that on Twitter. What does mm-hmm. that mean, Ethan? Huh? You're, you're hip. You're young. What are you talking about? And people are like, and that's on being 15 in 2020. Oh, I have no idea. Okay. I've seen that in the past three days and I have no idea. I haven't figured it out yet. Nobody's said something with enough context for me to figure it out. Mm. I also am not 15 in 2020, so I feel like I'm not going to get this. The other thing I'm seeing right now is uh, people being like, blank has entered the chat. Oh, that one I get. I know I get it. It's just a thing that I've noticed. I'm just pointing out teen trends that I've noticed is people being like, oh, somebody says something to me. My anxiety has entered the chat. Hey, I said (laughs) that when we first started being on the Skype call. 
I was like, Scott Today? Nice Wander. Yeah, I was like, Scott Nice Wander enters the chat or something. I can't remember what I said. No idea. Yeah, but that, it's been, that was an hour ago. Exam. That was so my, long ago in the span. I do like, want to talk about this. I was a, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed is like an hour and 37 minutes long. And yeah. it, it, it that is a long hour and 37 minutes. It, was, it is paced very poorly. Yeah, it, it was a long time to watch this movie. I feel like they, but I feel like they just keep going from one place to the next. They went though. to like a random party in the middle of it. And I still have no idea what happened there. Yeah. I was yeah, so lost. The villain and it was bar. like It was like a party. Yeah, it was like a party <laughs> full of villains. And I was like, yeah. why? Call the, the cops. The like. faux ghost. <laughs> Well, they're Call not the doing cops. any. They're not doing anything illegal there. They're they just got there. It's where they go when they got out of jail. Yeah, Peter Boyle's here. Stutter he was Frankenstein in Young Frankenstein. Call the cops. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and Ruben Studdard is here. I watched yeah. uh, the finale of American Idol just the other night, and I was very excited. There was there there there. There was four final contestants, and I think three of them were minorities of some sort, and the winner was the only woman, and it was the only black person, and she was absolutely excellent. Her name is Just Sam. She's very good. If you have not yet listened to the things that Just Sam does, she's very talented. She won American Idol, which would generally mean is very talented. God, Especially I would love to not talk about American Idol week in and week out on this show. <laughs> <laughs> My Idol podcast is coming, We spent Ethan, so long wait. on the Monday Lorian this week talking about... About American Idol. <laughs> about the judges, the history, the pageantry of it all. Oh, yeah. I know Scott's a big idol guy. Mm -hmm. You know me. Big fan of the of that American Idol. Scott, they, you, uh, you strike me as an avid survivor watcher, to tell you the truth. I Can I tell you, the only reality kind of show that I watch in any capacity and I, I usually don't watch any but it's just because I started dating someone and so you, you ha I have to watch the shows they watch that's how it works um, and the and the show it's not even a show that she watches it's a show that her roommate watches so we all watch it together it's called it's on Bravo called Below Deck and it's just all about the sailing industry or like the, the boat kind of like private yachting industry yeah I've heard about thing. this one yes um, and it is just the cheapest, trashiest drama and it's a good so that's my recommendation Scott, as somebody who like has a passion for for filmmaking and actually knows how to like cut two shots together with some sort of semblance of of thought and success uh when you watch like when you see on the television these trashy television shows where there's a cut every four seconds no that would be way generous every half a second i mean does it drive you crazy um it, do you ever get frustrated wondering when they when on earth they do these interviews? Yeah, it it's it is like a thing where it does shock me or like not shock me I guess, but it does pique my curiosity of like uh, yeah, I, it 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 does it does interest the old Scott brain for sure. You know, so yeah. When I um when I went to India earlier this year, I was my task there was to make like an actual like documentary type documentary about what happened to this band I was with while I was there. And like we still are in the process because like everything's locked down. I can't go to Richmond and sit with these people for hours and hours to do these like the interstitial interviews. But I'm in the process of like cutting the rest of the video together in such a way that I know I'm going to have these interviews and these interview questions. And it's a very different skill set than I've ever worked with before to like figure out what is going to work for this and so it's definitely weird but like I guarantee you that more work was spent on Scott's Scooby-Doo video than there is on a single episode of any of these reality shows <laughs> like more post-production goes true. into that oh. they don't even have anybody color grading it man like there's nobody doing that they they, yeah. they take the the MPEG footage from those cameras and 
slap it into something and call it good. I I did that for for a couple shots in my video just because I shot so much footage. I was like, I don't want to have to go through all of it. If it looks fine, it looks fine. It's like skin tones. Who cares? Whatever. Thank you. Thank you. This Especially is just the, I'm on a I'm on like a uh, like a circuit to just promote my video. So that's what this is. And on, I on all podcasts. On all podcasts. Yeah. I'm on a tour. Yeah. Imagine if the people that made YouTube videos like <laughs> in, in a more like standard way where you release like two to three times a week and you had to do like press yeah. for every video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this week we're doing like an unboxing of like a th- of like this cool thing. I don't want to spoil like it, but you gotta tune in. <laughs> yeah. Turns out the shoes are really nice to touch. Yeah, <laughs> they feel good on, on the feet and on the hands. You wouldn't have expected that. Tune in this Tuesday. You won't believe I have this new camera that's above the table so you can see me literally opening Man, the yeah. box. I will tell you, I follow, I follow this guy on YouTube and I don't even remember what his name is at any point because all he does is like he takes uh, like top down videos of like the stuff that's in people's wallets and like the stuff they carry with them. Hmm. So he'll like meet up with other YouTubers and be like, okay, what is in your pocket at all times? Like, what are the things you carry with you? And he just like slams their stuff on the desk and like does all this weird, like not like ASMR, but just like tactile kind of stuff. But like that leads me to question, how much stuff are people carrying around? That's a viable thing that you can make video. I mean like, so he did one with Peter McKinnon and Peter McKinnon's like a knife guy. Interesting. Like like knife guy TM. So he has too much crap on him at all times. Peter McKinnon's not a guy I want to talk to. I mean, I'd love to talk to Peter McKinnon, but Nothing like he's, pockets, like. he's a knife guy, lint. like a pocket knife guy. Mm-hmm. So, it, so like they, he, there was a whole thing where he was just like slamming Peter McKinnon's pocket knife on this table, trying to like break it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like weirdly satisfying for some reason. Uh, oh. And I would, I would, you know, watch that dude do press about like the stuff he finds in people's wallets. Interesting. I found his credit card numbers. Watch my video this week. You'll get to see. <laughs> yeah, them. No, I'll, I'll show you the I'll, front. I'll, I'll have you to send you guys because it's it's, it's weirdly like interesting to watch. He, it's it's made in such a strange like almost Edgar Wright kind of way. Yeah, with all like the very with, yeah quick like the cuts quick cuts and, and the zoom cuts and like yeah. But it's all like one that. camera, like just just straight up a top down camera that he just like brings with him to places and he'll roll yeah. up in people's studios and, and offices and whatever and just be like, okay, give me everything you have. Thank you. Give me your things. I'm gonna Give me your things. Them. Let me let me abuse for your phone for a minute. Millions well, of views. Ethan, how many things are in your pockets? Right Currently, now? yeah. Absolutely yeah, yeah. Let's, zero. Let's all take but like I could stock. I could come together. I could come up with some items if like, you know, because GQ does the the they'll interview like proper famous people and be like, okay, so what are the ten things that make young blood young blood? Mm, okay. Is young blood a person or is that Young like Blood a, is a musician, yeah. Oh, I thought that was a five sauce song. It is. Mm. It is a five sauce song, but it is also a, a like a like a pop artist. Mm, interesting. I feel like how would you, what would I add to my pockets to seem interesting? Yeah, that's normally the best be like, question I've ever heard asked. Well, and that's right, that's what I'm saying like, is like that is that is intrinsically what it is about these videos is like it's all these people fabricate what they think the the viewers want to see, and that I, is what I find interesting about it. It's like it's somebody, most of the ones I've watched is like I don't believe that this person has these things, like yeah. except for Peter McKinnon because he's if a somebody, knife guy. If somebody did that to me and was like and was like I want to make this video about what's in your pockets, you can prepare to have stuff in your pockets. It's whatever. I would just play it up for laughs. Like I would have a very loose DVD in my pocket of just like of Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed Unleashed, and it's just like in there it's got scratches all over because it's the same pocket I keep my keys in and it's just like yeah I just carry this with me all the time you know you never know when you're gonna go to a DVD player well so like I can do this what would be in Scott's pockets I've got this I've got this all right there would be like a few extra buttons and like a like a needle kit yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. I like that. I like that. 
Uh, there Adding would definitely be things. a DVD copy of Monsters Unleashed. There would also be a backup like USB drive that only has Monsters Unleashed on it. Yes, true, uh, 100%. Probably something like actually Scott related, like a, uh, like a, you know, like a micro SD card, like a 256 gig micro SD card that he's, mm. he's got some important project on in a nice little case, um, yeah, a oh, wallet. I would imagine a, uh, Scott is a minimalist wallet guy. Mm, okay. Uh, okay. Either, either he's a minimalist wallet guy or he's a normal person's wallet, but with a minimum number of cards in. Mm. He, he's either he's either got his costco membership or he doesn't i he's not a costco guy either well if he was a warehouse store guy he'd be a costco guy i how many i have to keep buying copies of scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed because mine keep scratching <laughs> and i gotta buy in 499 <laughs> yeah uh and then of course his iphone in a case yeah but like a cool case uh and then car keys with like a D20 keychain. Oh, you're making me sound way cooler than I actually am. I care. The only things I ever carry around are just my keys. Oh, if you don't I have need car them. keys. You can't drive, right? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't drive. I just, but I have apartment keys and office keys and things like that. Right. Um, but then the only other thing would be. Uh, I, it's just my phone, which has a wallet on it. Cause I don't like carrying multiple, I, 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 I don't like carrying <laughs> multiple things. So I'm just like, I want to carry one thing that has all the things I need on it. Thank you. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm the same way. I have the Ridge wallet from Ben and Jay. That's mm. minimalist. I'm actually uh, searching for a minimalist wallet right now because mine is dead. Oh. <gasps> It and I'm either going to do finally like ran out of battery. No, it's just it's uh, it was oh. given to me a couple years ago by my girlfriend and it's like vegan leather, oh. uh, which is fine. But like vegan leather doesn't patina and get nice like regular leather like, does. Like leather it just does. Yeah. deteriorates. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm getting like holes in my wallet. That's no good. Well, if you like the Ridge wallets, you can buy this exact wallet on Amazon for way, way less dollars. Yeah. It just doesn't have the Ridge logo on it. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm <clears throat> searching. I, I will either do a minimalist wallet or like I might just get like a nice leather wallet. You can cut this out because I don't know if I'm supposed to say or whatever, but I don't care. Um, but Ridge is going to be the next sponsor on the next Nerd Sync video. So oh, potentially yeah. go to RidgeWallets.com slash what, whatever fun thing I make it be. Well, it, I don't I don't care. Don't, I, I, will do I will avoid making a purchase until then. It's whatever. Well, it's not. So it's not dire, my need for a wallet, because mm -hmm. like I don't leave the house much mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. No, me neither. I actually had to go uh, pay for something the other day. What? And I, like, I had no idea where my wallet was. I hadn't used it in probably a week mm -hmm. and a half. So you had to steal it. No, I found uh, my wallet. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It was it was under my bed. Uh, but like I have a really small bedside table and very large hands and a very large lamp base. Mm. So I have very limited bedside table space. So it was there and then it fell off of it towards the bed. So it was <sighs> under the bed, like and then next to my bed I usually keep like my Chromebook or like a notebook, something mm -hmm. that I can like lay in bed and write in. Yes. Uh so it like slid down that and was like well under the <sighs> comma. But which is Spanish for bed. So anyway, what you guys just described is like literally what these GQ interviews, the like 10 things that make you you things are. Where people it's obviously performative. Like Yeah. None of this is true. It's like you will survive three days without this thing. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's it's essential items or whatever and it's always like extremely charming british people with big hands being like yeah totally need my mate uh chef my mate jeff's a really important person in my life that's australian but yeah i'll keep him in my pocket yeah yeah and just Where it's like it? harry styles and people like that just being like wearing you know an ex a 
$5,000 suit with like a ribbed tank top on underneath it. Yeah. And 18 necklaces <laughs> and 14 rings beater. and being like, yeah, everything I need is is in this uh, is in this little pouch I keep with me at all times. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so right. So Ethan, what's in my pockets? That's what I want to know. Mm. What's in your pockets? Oh, like, like sarcastically? Wallet? Yeah. What would Ethan fill my pockets with? If he was like, this is what Tyler needs in a day. I know Tyler, this is what he needs. This is like a best friend kind of like tr- challenge. I think almost. I nailed Scott. So I feel like. I think you got I think you did, but I the problem with this is I have, and this is the same for me and Tyler, is like I have watched Tyler fall in and out of so many things <laughs> over yeah. the years. I, I, I have water. I think... I, I, one of my least favorite features of myself is that I cannot stick to a hobby and it like drives me insane. I've done podcasting for like two and a half years, but it's gotten to the point where it doesn't feel like a hobby anymore. It feels like a, a bank of knowledge that I just have. Um, that's just part of like my existence. But like I can't continue to play guitar for six months straight. I'll play for two months and then I'll be like, well, that was fun. And I'll just get into something else. This is like one of my least favorite features of myself. I wish mm. that I just wanted to play guitar all Man, the time. Man, I met... This dude, uh, when I was in India, he was an Australian street artist named James. Mm. And not like a street artist, he was like a muralist, James. like a professional professional James. muralist. Yeah, James Giddy. James nice. Giddy. Uh, and he is like the, the like everything I own fits in my backpack type guy. Mm. Oh, I could never do that. No. I could never do that, but every time I meet one of those people, it is so appealing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're like, yeah. you know, they or, or like the van lifer types where they're like, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I keep an apartment, but like I could pick up at any point and just go camp for two months in Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not that I don't I mm-hmm. ever want to be that unrooted, but I like the idea of like go bags and stuff like that. Like you always just always have a bag packed. Like there's always a sleeping bag in your car or whatever ready to go. Mm-hmm. Just in case mm-hmm. you suddenly decide, that. like, okay, I'm camping tomorrow. Like, but yeah, he was like this guy that was just like, yeah, everything I, I carry everything with me pretty much at all times. And he's got like four cans of spray paint and like a film camera and like all kinds of just like trinkety type stuff where you're like, you're so interesting. I hate you. You're the most, <laughs> it's just like, you're on a different level of interesting than I am. Your hobbies are so fascinating. Right. Mm-hmm. All this like, to say, I would not have a guitar pick in my pocket. No, so okay. like, Tyler. Yeah, you keep it in your shoe. I, I'm, I'm having trouble like <laughs> thinking about just just because I do spend so much time thinking about like carrying less stuff in my pockets and it's like an active thing that I try to do and like I hate when I have my keys yeah. and my wallet in the same pocket. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Yep. I think. Oh, can- and I work in the world of chiropractors. So like every time my wallet's in my back pocket where it freaking goes, I feel like I'm a criminal. Mm. But like Tyler, 100%, if he ever got interviewed by GQ, would like whip out like a like a Yeti Nano that he's never used before and be like, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have a microphone all times. Just case I need podcast a podcast on the fly. On the road. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it's like, I've realistically, he's phone. never podcasted from a hotel room or anything else <laughs> in his life. And it's just like very home base driven, but like very wants to come off as not being home base driven about mm-hmm. it. Cause he'll, he'll text me all the time and be like, we need everybody on the network to have a fully stacked bag ready for them to podcast from Mars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, it Happy just birthday, doesn't, it's Scott. not necessary. <laughs> People can just plan things. I know. Uh, I, well, the problem is I want to be able to podcast from Mars, but I feel like everybody on the network sees, oh, Tyler just got a new sweet go bag. Where's mm-hmm. my sweet go bag? What if I'm going mm-hmm. to Mars? That's right. That's and what then, it is. And then you were all like, I need this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And then it like immediately, mm-hmm. as soon as you start traveling for work, you were like, I'll be back on Tuesday anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, you want the option to be able to podcast from Mars. It's not even yeah. about the actual do 
doing it. It's like I like to have that option available in case it comes well, it, up. This is the thing about podcasting from Mars is I will feel so much more secure in my home setup if I know that if anything goes wrong, I can just podcast from Mars. Yeah, you've got a whole other listener base as the Martians. Right. And you yeah. own a Blue Yeti and a laptop. And I don't know what else to tell you, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what when i travel i grab if i think there's a chance that i'll be podcasting i will grab my personal laptop and my yeti and i will go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then i'm the one historically that travels like for more than a five, four days at a time but my things that i do make it impossible to podcast from mars because you, scott are you ready to podcast from mars you have a bag packed oh yeah i've always got one that's 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 what i got going on is i've always got a bag to podcast from mars um i actually do travel this is a, this is true I, I actually do travel with a portable like microphone setup that's fairly decent just because i knew back in the day i that i would have i would be traveling a lot and i would need to record videos so i used to just like just do record voiceover on the go for videos and then just like put movie clips or whatever over what i'm talking about gotta always gotta be pushing that content everyone knows it so gotta i don't when you think about creating scott i'm curious about your creator mentality i think so little about like i need to have x amount of uploads you and i are pretty opposite ends of the spectrum i put out three things a week and then j versus ben so every other week four things yeah you edit those really well i appreciate this you make me i don't i don't obviously i'm not trying to take credit for that no no you edit well and you make me sound good when i read the questions out loud (laughs) right yeah yeah Uh, but like, obviously I'm not trying to take credit for that, but like, I, I very little think about the like amount of content that I put out. Maybe it's because I put out so much. I don't know. Sure. But like, where, where do you land on that spectrum? Like, how do you, like, what, what, is, like, do you, do you, cause you've said a few times, gotta push that content, gotta be thinking oh. about, con- always gotta be ready for yeah. content. Like, do you, yeah. do you genuinely think that way? Or are you like sarcastically I, making fun of that yeah, person? Yeah, Scott Nice Wonder like, strikes me immediately as the push the content type. I'm, I'm very much... I always like I'm very like sarcastic in terms of like that sort of thing because in in my head I don't care I like I I want to encourage creative people to just make whatever they want to make right. and not worry mm-hmm. about appeasing an algorithm so much so that I like villainized an algorithm in my latest video but um uh, at the same time, and it villainized it, you back. <laughs> yeah, it, that's right. At the same exact time, um, I, I, you know, I put so much effort and time and energy into this video that when it doesn't perform very well, I get very discouraged about it. Um, and I do want to produce more content, but not because I'm trying to like appease any sort of like you know gotta gotta do, do that hustle culture. Always gotta be creating. Always gotta be making. Don't sleep. Don't eat. Just do. And uh, I don't like that obviously so i i think um the the reason why i want to like make more things is because it's just creatively fulfilling to me and i would like to make more things more often um but you know um, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think I'm in the same camp where I feel like the reason I want to have a microphone in a hotel room is not because I feel like the hustle culture side of it. Although that's so easy to buy into. And I, I, yes. I'm certainly susceptible to it. Um, but I like I don't pack the microphone in my bag like, well, I need to put out three podcasts while I'm away so that, you know, there's enough content out there. Mm-hmm. I genuinely just think like, 
I may get an opportunity to do something I want to do. And, Absolutely. And if I'm there when that happens, that's why I've got my microphone with me. But I, I tend to over-prepare. Anytime I'm getting on a plane, I'm like, well, I definitely need a microphone, a laptop, and my Nintendo Switch. Because, I mean, what if I run out of stuff to do and I just want to play Smash Brothers? And so that's... <laughs> right. <laughs> the only time that I've brought a, since we started doing the podcast, the only time that I've brought a microphone with me on a trip was when I went to Key West um because we were planning on recording while i was there like that was a plan that we had obviously it didn't happen because we thought that you were gonna have a kid and i didn't have any power on the entire island i was on so that mm. was a weird kind of couple hours but uh <laughs> that's the only time i ever bought a microphone on a trip yeah i never bring a camera on a trip with me because i feel like i can just use my phone if it's like a super dire like i have to film something um but like i never bring my like dslr with me because i just feel like number one i i, I would need to like i feel Make like space what you say? It's big. Yeah, it's it's it takes up room, and I want to take care of it, and I don't want to like smush it down into like a bottom of a bag to to like try to fit everything, and like and it's also just a way for me to if I'm on a Wild. trip, like it's a way for me to like sh make sure that I don't focus on making content the whole time unless I really really want to. In which case, if I really really want to, then like my phone will be fine. You know, that yeah. is the opposite for me. I could make a YouTube video whenever I want. I don't make YouTube videos, yeah, but I could all yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. Audio it might not be great because I don't always have my shotgun mic with me. Mm, that's the thing. Uh, I am also very rough on my camera equipment for sure. <laughs> it is it is Casey there Neistat as tools. Approach. Yeah, a hundred percent. Casey nice that approach. It is there as tools, and I I don't buy anything that yeah. I think is going to be fragile. Yeah, I think I mean for me it's de I definitely have that approach of like you know th the things that I have are just are like things and they're tools and I like I don't. I, I'm not one of those people. I know so many people who like take so like so much meticulous care of like their uh, filming equipment of like, oh, I don't like that this has like a scuff on it. Or I'm like, man, I don't care. It still works. Like, you know, I don't care about that right. sort of thing. But it is just like a, I don't have enough money to replace this if it goes wrong. So uh, like, I'm not going to take that all of my camera gear insured. Yeah. Because I, I did insurance not. for a few years and mm -hmm. I learned how inexpensive it was to protect things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if anything of mine gets stolen or broken or damaged or dropped in the water or whatever, I am Gucci. I will call State Farm and they will cut me a check. Nice. Same with should, my you should, you should musical instruments. On that, Ethan. <laughs> Same on musical mm -hmm. instruments when I'm on tour is that they are insured. That's good. That's smart. Does that so quick insurance question, Ethan? You finish a set, you smash your guitar. I was uh, literally form. thinking no. the exact same so, thing. It, the, uh, you want the honest answer? Yes. They cover. They wouldn't ask. Any they questions. probably wouldn't ask any questions. You could say, "Oh, my guitar got dropped and broken while I was playing," and you would send them a picture of a. I mean, if if broken you you'd guitar. have to provide pictures probably, but if you send them a picture of a guitar that has obviously been smashed, you're gonna have mm -hmm. to come up with a more convincing lie than I dropped it. Mm -hmm. You'd have to come up with like somebody broke it and it was like vandalized. Um, That's called fraud, Ethan. Yes, 100%. It happens all the time. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So we're not advising fraud. Don't no, smash but it's your just guitar. Like, if it's insured, don't smash it knowing you can get another one. Mm -hmm, That's correct, what I'm hearing. Correct. Mm -hmm, but also mm -hmm. like they insure stuff that gets lost and there's 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 margins for it. But mm. lost is such a strong <laughs> word. It's like, <laughs> oh, I want a new camera. I'm going to pretend it got lost. And people do this with their cars all the time. Yeah. But we, we are, again, we are not advising No, no, absolutely not. Fraud. I'm just telling stories <laughs> from the industry. Like we had to, we had to tell a guy that we would stop covering his motorcycles because he had so many motorcycles stolen. Mm -hmm. well, he just it's keeps like, having them good motorcycles. Dude, People it was just like, it wasn't that, even that good motorcycle. Is that Mike's motorcycle? Is that Mike's motorcycle? Dude, we Those all have one. Stealable. We all yeah. have one of Mike's. Yeah. So the problem is he would buy really light bikes and he lived in not a great area. And they were the kind of motorcycles where like two people and a truck could make your motorcycle disappear in four seconds, whether it has a lock on it or not. Hmm. So he would just leave it in the parking lot, like bike locked basically. Mm -hmm. And like, it'll stop somebody from driving off with it. But like literally two 
burly men could pick it up and chuck it in the back of a truck. You'd think... And it's gone. You file with a VIN number, send it to Arizona, and that's money. It's gone. You'd think around like the sixth or seventh time that that happens, you'd probably be like, maybe I should stop buying motorcycles. (laughs) And this dude was like, this dude was literally like, hey, you're not going to believe it. And I'm like, I bet I am actually. (laughs) You know, I think I know what's going to happen. And so finally we had to cut him off. And it's just like... and, and But like people will do this. They will literally put drive their cars into like a bad neighborhood, leave the windows down with the keys sitting on the front seat and their car will be gone. They'll be mm-hmm. like, ah, somebody stole my car. Oh no. And like, you can't prove anything. There's no security footage. It's like, my car's not there anymore. I don't have a car. Please buy me a new car. Well, and it also is stolen. It also like is stolen. In that case, so stolen, it's like, yeah, like literally yeah stole the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the same thing as like, you could tell somebody to steal your guitar. Like you could leave it in a parking lot and it's, if you want a new one, they'll probably just cover it. Mm-hmm. But I would never mm. do that with my cameras. It's like, if something, if or I, your guitars, but it's, and you would never advise. It's that a matter behavior. of like, I'm not going to be afraid to hang my my camera off like the side of a bridge or whatever, because if I I'm going to keep a strap on it usually. But if I drop it, I drop it and then it's gone. I get a new one. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's good. So Ethan's going to teach you a class on yeah. how to not fraudulently insure your yeah, how to legitimately insure your camera equipment for YouTubers. Congratulations. What? Welcome to my master. Class. Welcome to my master class. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach it on Skillshare. <laughs> Cost $70 it costs $70. It costs $70, which is probably class. as much as it's going to cost you for an entire year of camera insurance. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, that's fun. All right. Well, so we did the big board We're, kind of. It's getting toward wrap time on this. Yeah. It is getting toward wrap time. I was just going to talk about that. That was my next line is we're we're at wrap. Um, there is a wrap in this movie. Shaggy and Scooby rap a little bit when they're on the little, when they're playing, do you when know they're the, making the monsters. Do you know the words? <laughs> I, I sure do not. <laughs> oh, man. I was so ready. <laughs> um, I want to visit the big board for just like a final discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is better than Hocus Pocus, which is our, our bottom film on the big board. Um, Ethan, I think you agree with me, Scott. I think somehow you do not. I, I, I mean, I no. Or I do mean, you want to like no, vehemently no. assert that this is better than the Social Network at the top of the list? Or like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I think I, I I I obviously do enjoy this movie more than Hocus Pocus. I just I just like Hocus Pocus as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I do know what you mean, and honestly, it is not take long for this list to get into like pretty good films films that you would reasonably say are better than hocus pocus mm-hmm. um hocus pocus before this we add this to the list is at 32 okay and at, above that is she's the man which is the like amanda Bynes shakespeare yes. high school thing for i would Verona. probably be willing to say this is better than she's the man honestly <laughs> and then above that is ghostbusters 2 and then ghostbusters 2016 and then saving mr banks which i feel like is like a real movie mm. like the first on this list that's like a real film uh so like it gets into like quality cinema pretty quick pretty quick uh okay it's almost like some franchise movies might be overhyped a little bit mm. <laughs> i like the franchise movie I, li- I mean i like almost everything on this list i like everything except hocus pocus i'll take that as a victory <laughs> <laughs> i just don't see the hype behind hocus pocus <laughs> I feel like what was wrong with Back to the Future? It was good already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get you. I think for me, it's like I, I agree that there's a lot of hype behind Hocus Pocus because I, I also watched it for I watched my some friends of mine watch it for the first time a couple years ago. Like they had a big party where they were like, we've never seen this movie. And I'm like, oh, I have. I like it. And I'm like, all right, we're going to watch it. And then they just did not enjoy it. And I'm like, oh, man, that makes me sick. Yeah, because it's there's too much pressure on it. It is that is not mm. a movie that stands up to it could stand up to criticism. Maybe it cannot stand up to hype. I agree. I think I think there is quite a lot of hype around it. And I still think there are some quite funny jokes in it. And but like 
But we're not here to talk about. Well, so that's, this is the, completely the way I feel about Deadpool. It's like yeah. Deadpool is a movie with merits. Like I definitely get it. I understand. It is funny. It mm. makes me laugh. It 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 crumbled for me underneath the weight of the hype. I would agree with. Was that. just absolutely crushed by the weight of the hype around it. Mm -hmm. It's the same way I felt about Guardians of the Galaxy the first time I saw it. Mm. Is it like I felt pressured into watching it and I wasn't particularly like stoked to watch it? Well, how did you, cause, cause I feel like the reason you guys watched Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed is because I hyped it up and almost pressured you guys into watching it. So, and you know and what? But you know what, Scott, your pressure was like, oh, I love this movie. And I was like, wow, Scott really enjoys this genuinely terrible film. Yeah. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, wow, this actually has some merit to it. This is they really took a cartoon and made it a movie, right, like you, like a cartoon from my childhood. That was the thing yeah. is that you talking. First of all, I think in my heart of hearts, I kind of knew it was at least a little bit of a joke. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this is not my favorite movie of all time. I tell people secondly, it is. But I do like it. Like yeah. people, everybody's got their one thing though. Like everybody's mm -hmm. got their thing. Yeah. Everybody's got that movie that they're like, I don't even know if I could point to mine necessarily. There's gotta be more than one for sure. There's that mm -hmm. one where you're like, this is unapologetically terrible and I will not apologize for it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like you just gotta love it. And I get that. Uh, but that is that is not what Deadpool is. That is not what Guardians of the Galaxy are. Those yeah. are pretty good movies that people have shot into the upper echelon, at mm. least especially when they were in theaters. Yeah. Deadpool 2 was just bad. I was not a Deadpool 2 fan. Yeah. We mm. we pretty much panned that one on the show. Yeah. But what do you think of the Yogi Bear movie? Don't yeah, think I've seen it. <laughs> is Yogi Bear the same as Yogi Berra, the baseball player? No. Are those no. different things? One Yogi of Bear is, is a bear. One of them is, well, he's smarter than an average bear, though. That's yeah, his thing. Yeah, because he's a cryptid. Mm -hmm. is That's that right. The, is that the Hannibal, Hannibal Burris bear? Yes. Yes, the Hannibal, Hannibal Burris bear. Yeah, the Hannibal <laughs> Burris bear. Everybody knows the Hannibal Burris cartoons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Historically, Hannibal, Hannibal Burris was responsible for the Flintstones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's so funny. He he. Before he had a podcast, he was one of my favorite comedians. Then he made a really bad podcast. It's not like cancel culture bad, where he, like he goes in there and says transphobic stuff or anything. It's just not funny. Aww. Which to me is like, man, I do. You, uh, I do want to talk about something yourself. real quick, just for the general yeah. podcast sphere. I am not on board with uh, Joe Rogan Experience moving Spotify exclusive. Not here for it. Mm. I think Joe Rogan can do whatever he wants. And, and because he hosted Fear Factor, he gets to shape the podcast community. That was that's the deal he struck. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a dig at the fact that like people who want to start a podcast and like, but I'll never be as famous as celebrities who start podcasts. The guy who hosted Fear Factor is like a crappy celebrity, right? He's he's now a celebrity because of the podcast. Yeah, I just think it's, it's just generally Factor. bad for the medium, though. Yeah, no, I agree, because we have to bow down to his will. Because I, it would be one that. thing if he was creating a new show for Spotify, but like moving established content behind a paywall is always kind of weird for me. Mm. Do you have to pay for podcasts on Spotify? I mean, you have to pay for Spotify. No, I know, but it mean, like if you had the free version of Spotify, and this is something I genuinely don't know. If you have the free version of Spotify, can you listen ad-free to podcasts? I have no clue, but is it is a I would consider Spotify a subscription service. Mm. That's fair. Maybe not necessarily I, like the Netflix and and they always talk around like the the idea of like a Netflix for podcasts and I just I don't love it. Stitcher has a premium version as well and I actually They don't do and like I I will I will look at Scott Ackerman in the face and tell him why I don't think Stitcher Premium is a good idea. That's fine. We can have this conversation. I would love to have this conversation with Scott Ackerman. At the same time if he pitched me and was like I want to make I would like to Stitcher to premium. partner yeah to to partner with WB&E to make a Stitcher Premium podcast 
podcast. I would do it, but I would not pull bacon and eggs behind a paywall. I would not suddenly be like, oh, to listen to episodes past two months ago, you have to pay for it. Is there a podcast about podcasts? Almost and certainly. about podcasting? Like a meta podcast? Because if yeah, not- Yeah, absolutely there is. Ethan, you've created- I don't what want to do the that question? I'm sorry, you got cut out there a little bit, Scott. Oh, I was just, I was wondering if there was a podcast about podcasts and podcasting. Like, oh yeah. Probably. I do not lots. want to be a part of that at all. Like I, oh, okay. cause that, that is going to cannibalize itself too quickly with people being like, I want you to review my podcast and like mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And it just gets too like, it, it is too, it would be like a movie about movie reviews. Mm, interesting. They do have movies about movies though. Big. They do. But like when they make the, the, you know, Roger Ebert biopic, it's going to mm. be weird. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's not good. Uh, so on the big board, we're going, Ethan, did you say above She's the Man? I would say above She's the Man, but again, I haven't watched She's the Man. I was not here for that one. I would disagree with you, but uh, I'm going to give it to you. Unless, Scott, do you, I mean, is this better than Ghostbusters 2, in your opinion? Um, It has the, the same beats where they like go into a museum and then there's a monster. You cannot ask me if this movie is better than any other movie because I'm going to say yes. So don't, like, you I cannot was, ask me these questions. I was legitimately nervous. Nervous about this conversation today because like, like I hate I was not I was, I was so excited I hate going in and like not loving the movie that the guest picked it's always a weird thing like when we had Isaac on to talk about Hocus Pocus man I had a podcast about this movie you think every single guest I had on for 29 days loved this almost overwhelmingly they hated this movie no I know but it's just it's always a weird thing to be like okay so now at the end we have to rate your movie and I'm gonna rate it badly and I don't care. I know how this movie stacks up in my heart. I know you don't care, but I was scared that you were going to care. There's a little, oh. there was a little part of me that was afraid of you oh. caring too much. That, no. it, that it wasn't a joke. That you were legitimately going to come in here and be like, okay, so you guys just watched the greatest movie ever made. Tell me mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was going to be like, <laughs> oh. Oh, dear. Oh, coach. Oh, coach. Spe- speaking of podcasts behind a paywall, uh, Scott will be joining us for our episode of Ragnarok this week. If you'd like to listen to our D&D uh, duet show, which is now a trio show for one week, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. Uh, my name is Tyler Carlin. I host this show. His name's Ethan Edgehill. He hosts this show. His name is Scott Nicewander. He's NerdSync on YouTube and NerdSync on Twitter. Those are probably both equally valuable mediums to follow. Probably. Uh, probably. Uh, so be sure to do that he's also scott nicewander on twitter and instagram and nerdsync on instagram scott is too a top tier tweeter from both accounts for oh, sure thank you that's too many th- i have too many calls to actions don't just don't don't say any of them just be like no the call to action the call to action okay. is go to I youtube there's a them. just subscribe to on there's there's one there's one call to action and it is the description or the link is in the description go watch scott's wonderful video about scooby-doo out right now and there will be a link in the description of this episode. Woo, thank you. Uh, additionally, if you want to follow Ethan and I on social media, it's all in the description. Um, we have a Facebook group. Oh, we have little shout outs this week. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited <gasps> for little shout outs. Little shout outs. Little shout outs. Sing the little shout outs, both of you. It's a duet. At the you same guys got time. The music, right? Yeah, yeah, we got it. We practiced earlier. Ready, Ethan? Here we yep. go. One and a two and a one, two, three. Little, little shout outs. They're little. Shout they're shout outs. So little, little shout outs. Yeah, little yeah, shout outs. No, no, they're little. They're shout-outs. small. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out.
Finish. I forgot the Big Finish. That's okay. It's it's a it's actually not a work in progress. It was it was perfect as is. Yeah. Little shout done. outs this week. I asked today because Scott has been asking us through if you Scooby Doo two monsters unleashed. I wanted to know what everybody's like repeat drive your parents crazy movie was, and uh, so we are going to. I'm gonna shout out the little one. Uh, Jason Barry watched the mask. He wore that VHS out. Uh, Chase Bookholtz uh, was Scooby Doo two monsters unleashed. Good job, Chase. Huh. Uh, Jeff Sharp watched uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit wore out three VHS copies of that. Wow. Uh, Jordan Balky, DM of Late to the Party, uh, watched Little Mermaid. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Katie Farnung watched Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. Mm, uh, great Lily one. Lash watched Barbie as Rapunzel. Uh, Johanna Toodle watched Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Mary Clay Watt watched Shrek, host of That's What I'm Talking About. Danny Wilcox watched Aladdin, Lion King, and Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Frank Batello watched Cat in the Hat. Jenna Lynn Insinga watched Land Before Time, which is just like a daily cry. Uh, Wesley Fiasco watched Bolt. Jerry Lorenzo Macon watched Surf Ninjas. Uh, Ines Mayor, nice. host of Sincerely Us, watched Little Mermaid also. Claire Krajewski watched 12 Dancing Princesses, which is a Barbie film. Um, Sarah, Sarah Ann watched High School Musical and Twilight. Maria Caloris, former guest of the show, no surprise here, watched National Treasure. Hmm. Uh, Alexis Patterson watched Spy Kids, which is one I almost forgot about. Uh, and there's a lot more. So if you want to see what everybody watched, you can join our Facebook group. It's free for everybody. And we ask a bunch of fun daily questions. And I've been having a ton of fun with it. So there's a link for that in the description. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So um, I've been Ethan Edgehill and he's been Tyler Carlin and he's been Scott Nicewander. And until next week, Arrivederci. As if getting the lead in My Fair Lady wasn't enough.